Today we're going to talk about tech trends that are happening around the world and how they might apply to our ministry in the near future. Are you ready? Because it's time. You're listening to the Church Digital Sidekick Podcast, part of the TCD Podcast Network. Hello, heroes. My name is Tom Pounder, and this is the Church Digital Sidekick Podcast. This is a podcast where I bring on ministry leaders and we talk about how we can do ministry more effectively in this very digital and online world. And today I've brought on Marcus Kyler. Marcus does online ministry, and he and I have been friends on Twitter for quite some time. But I brought him on to talk about some things that are happening around the world, tech stuff that are happening around the world that we're seeing on in, in the technology world. And we talk about those things, and we talk about are those things that we can apply into our ministry context? What are some things that people are talking about, and how can we apply it into our ministry context? We talk about some community stuff. And we talk about some tech trends that you might think, oh my gosh, I don't know about that. But as you hear the discussion, as you hear us talking about it, I want you to be open to it and say, what does this look like? Could this apply into my ministry? So I'm really excited to have Marcus on discussing this with me. So without any further ado, let's get an interview right now with Marcus Kyler. All right, with me right now is Marcus Kyler. Marcus, how are you? I'm good. TP, man, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Okay, so you and I, we, we kind of have a Twitter friendship, and I love these kind of friendships. I mean, Twitter is my favorite social network. I think Twitter, is, is that your favorite as well? Oh, yeah, man. I love, love Twitter just because you, you okay, how, how, can I, how can I approach this? It's a couple of different ways I look at it. Well, one, Twitter, I think, is the most direct way to interface with anybody online like um especially if it comes to somebody who you might consider like a celebrity or somebody you know with with, with a big following you know you you can just tweet them they may answer they may not answer but it's it's very very direct you know it's, it's the it's the most direct thing next to uh having somebody's phone number and being able to call and text them so i think that's a good thing uh also the other thing that i really love about twitter um is you know, there, there, there's so much negativity that, that that's going on in the world today and, and, and especially, you know, online, uh, quote unquote, fake news, uh, you know, uh, disingenuity, disingenuity, however you want to say that. Um, it, it's just a, a lot of misinformation uh, that's, that's online and, and it's on every platform. And some people think that Twitter is, um, you know, worse for that than than uh, than others i don't really think so just because of the fact that you know you can see something that you disagree with or or, or you can see something that you think is false and, and just because of how quick twitter moves you can kind of just pass by it really easily you don't have to engage and i think that's where a lot of us go wrong at times is you don't have to engage in conversation uh with with, with something that uh, you don't agree with or, or, or something that bothers you or you can say something real quick you can speak your piece and then just keep scrolling because twitter is just so quick that you, you know you won't even have to think about it a few minutes later because it won't be you know it won't be in your feed anymore it won't be on your timeline and so i think that's really the beauty of twitter and so that's kind of the 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 the, the platform where i spend the most time yeah, I mean, Twitter is great. And again, I, I've had celebrities, I've tweeted out to them and they've responded to me. Uh, now, again, not all the time, but I mean, I've yeah. had, to, but I like what you said there. It's that direct communication. They can choose to respond to you or not. And just like you, you can choose to respond to somebody or not. And I love that, that 
you can't do that on Facebook or on Instagram or other play platforms as well. So um, I love Twitter just like you do. And, you know, I might have to have you back on the podcast just to talk solely on Twitter because I think there's so much we can dig into. Um, oh, absolutely. But you and I, we've been following each other for, I, I think, a few years now. And um, again, I know you have a love for college football just like I do. And congrats, absolutely. Congratulations. Go blue. Yeah, congratulations. Go blue. <laughs> yes yes yeah so thank you um, thank you it must have been a good year for you uh, uh, following Michigan football this year yeah you know it's been it's been tough for um for a few years and you know your, your feelings about things and, and your reactions to things are, are kind of a factor of your expectations and so you know for about seven eight seasons before Jim Harbaugh came to uh, came back to Ann Arbor you know, we, 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 we were really down, you know, and, and it all started, I think, um, with Lloyd Carr's last year, uh, we had that, that epic loss to uh, Appalachian State, and, and, and the program just kind of declined uh, at, at that point, and then, you know, the, the, the two coaches that we hired, you know, after that, and, and it, it just didn't go well, and, and so when Jim Harbaugh came in, he was supposed to be the one who did restore order to Ann Arbor, to restore order to Michigan football, you know, really bring us back to where we used to be and we thought that it was going to happen just like it happened with Nick Saban at Alabama yep. and it just it didn't happen like that and so it, it, it the the prior six years to to, to this year were, were just really disappointing and, I, and and you know there were some double digit win seasons in there but you know we we had trouble beating Ohio State you know we we, we didn't even uh, get to the Big Ten championship and so that was really tough and so this year to really be able to uh, accomplish the things that you know we all expect uh, Michigan football to accomplish and to finally get the uh, Ohio State monkey off of our back it, it was just it was just really satisfying and and uh, it, it was satisfying uh, really even more so because we lost to Michigan State you know a, a few weeks prior and and I don't know I guess I'm just at a place in my life now and, and I've been through some things and so um, I, I kind of like to keep things in perspective, but I, I just think where I am in my life right now, sometimes I take things a little bit harder than, than I should. And uh, I, you know, we, uh, those of us who love sports, you know, um, we, we have to keep things in perspective, but I, I think that just this season in particular, I, I took that Michigan state loss um, maybe just because of how emotional I might be, be just because of where I am right now in my personal life, but I took that loss really hard because I just really felt like, you know, we had a better team than Michigan State. I just really, I just really felt like we were going to beat them this year. And so I had to just get offline just for a week. I, I just had to just, just get off the grid and, 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 and really think about some things and really think, you know, why am I taking this as hard as I am? Why am I taking this so seriously? So I, I had to really do some soul searching. And so, you know, to really be able to come back and, and, and uh, dominate, you know, not just beat, not just squeak by, but dominate Ohio State and then dominate the Big Ten Championship. It was, it was very, very satisfying. Well, that's good. Definitely good for you guys. Again, anytime I think um, anybody can beat and dominate Ohio State is great. I mean, again, I'm a Penn State guy. And so, I mean, I, I know Michigan and Penn State have had some battles over the years, but I just, I can't stand Ohio State more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I forgot the, just to mention Penn State. I think that was a really pivotal moment um, just for us because, you know, um, 
what we, what we got, seven and five this year. But but you know, you guys are still a, a formidable team. Yeah. Uh, of course, you would have had a better record if Sean Clifford hadn't gotten hurt. I mean, everybody knows that. And yeah. but you know, I I think that was a real turning point um, in in the season just to be able to you know, because as a Michigan fan, you know, many times before we've we've gotten down late and we haven't been able to make that big play to yeah. to be able to come back and we were able to make that big play. Uh, against Penn State uh, this year. And, and that was really something that I think um, kind of turned things around. And, 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 and really, I, I, I think it was, a, it was just a sign of growth for the team in general to be able to be down in the fourth quarter and to be able to experience what it feels like to, to be able to dig down deep and come back. And so that was, um, that was a really satisfying win for us uh, right, be- right below uh, Ohio State. Yeah, season. for anybody who's not listen, who's listening and doesn't know that game, Penn State actually took the lead late in the fourth quarter, and Michigan drove down the field and had came back and uh, scored the touchdown to win the game. So, okay, well, we could talk about Michigan we <laughs> Big Ten for a really long time, uh, but our for the rest of the day, <laughs> listeners yeah. want us to talk about online ministry, and you are an online guy, uh, and so absolutely, what I, what I figured for us here today, what I love to talk about. It's just what are what are some things that we're seeing coming up in this new year um, that will be uh, something that churches should be looking at, in particular towards online and digital ministry. What are some things on the horizon? What are some things trending right now that are, are happening that we really need to look at? Because I, I feel like right now, 2022 is going to be this year where churches are either going to really decide. I'm going backwards. I'm, we're not going to invest as much in the digital. That was just for a time period. Or they're going to say, we need to invest more. And so um, let's just begin this discussion and ask, where do you see online ministry going? And what do you see as some potentials for the future growth of it? Well, um, I guess just just as a, a, a bit of a background, I've been doing um, I've been doing online ministry actually since uh, before Facebook became um, public, back when Facebook was still just for uh, j- just for colleges, yep. uh, I've, I've been I've been doing online ministry before that. Actually, uh, when when I was a student at a Morehouse College and then at Georgia Tech, um, you know we we were using online ministry to organize uh, you know campus events, and we, and we actually did our own. Uh, Christian homecoming week. It, it was something that had never been done before. And I don't even know if it's been done since because I, I had graduated right after that. But, um, you know, we were able to, to, to really use uh, digital tools to organize and, 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 and be able to uh, do some different things uh, campus ministry wise. And so, uh, you know, a- after that, I, I um, when I was a youth minister back at my home church, um, you know, before I started seminary, we, we, we had a, a, a MySpace page and, <laughs> and I don't know how many uh, youth ministries were doing that at that time. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I've been doing this for a while and, um, I, and I, was, I was even able to, uh, to, to study online ministry and church communications as a whole for, uh, for my doctor of ministry. And, and the project that I did, I focused on, uh, you know, building community uh, around the shared experience of, of burnout in pastoral ministry. So um, uh, as a communicator, I have the, the experience of actually, uh, you know, being on the other side, being a pastor and, 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 and seeing uh, the, the needs that senior leaders have and some of the concerns that senior leaders have as well and some of the misconceptions that, that, that senior leaders do and do not have concerning uh, online ministry. And, and, and I say all that to say uh, one thing that I've, I've really 
uh, seen over the years um, in uh, online ministry and church online is how the conversation has changed. Um, and in some of the research that I've been able to do over the years and just, uh, you know, back in the early uh, 2000s, what people thought that community was, you know, back back when the, the only co uh, online communication you had was kind of through email and, and through listservs and things like that, people really thought that that was uh, uh, online community and, and, and people really thought that, you know, that was, uh, you know, what it meant to build community online was just through through email and and just seeing how that has changed. The one thing that, um, one thing I think that was key was um, there was a conversation and, and, and it's, and it's I don't, I don't think we had the same conversation too much anymore, but uh, there was a conversation for a long time uh, about whether or not church online was even uh, legitimate, whether it could be considered quote unquote real church. And I think that was a debate for a long time. And that was something that was, I think, hotly contested uh, for, for many years. And I think one thing that, that, that COVID did uh, was, was really kind of in that conversation because I, I think people uh, began to realize, um, maybe out of necessity, uh, finally, that, that church online was legitimate. And so now that you, we've gotten past that conversation, we've been able to go deeper than, okay, so how do we do church online uh, in, in a way that's authentic, in a way that actually builds community? We can go a little bit deeper than just saying, uh, hey, is, is it legitimate to stream our services online? Is it legitimate to... Uh, really have an online presence. And, and that's one thing I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for when, when we're talking about this is that we don't have to have that conversation anymore. And so uh, now that uh, now that we don't have that debate anymore, we can kind of go uh, deeper and we can kind of, you know, look at what it means to uh, build a community. And, and, and I say all that to say, uh, I think one thing that, that I'm seeing, um, you know, in, in, in 2021 and 2022 and beyond is that, um, and this is going to sound weird, and, and I'm kind of parsing it out as I'm talking about it, but it doesn't appear that reach, as far as from a number standpoint, really means as much anymore as it did at one point. Um, and, and, and I'm sure you remember, you, you've, you've, I'm sure you've seen uh, countless uh, statistics and countless articles, uh, you know, back 2015, 16, 17, 18, about you know optimal times to post and and doing different things to to boost posts and di doing different things to kind of um, uh, expand your reach, but mm -hmm. I, I think we have so many community building tools now that expanding your reach uh, as a ministry doesn't really mean as much anymore. And I and I think what means more now is deepening the connections you already have uh, with the people currently in your community. And as you deepen those connections, then those people you're deepening those connections with will help you to build the community further. And so as we, you know, focus on our core and focus on, um, I guess, replicating as many small groups as possible and, 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 and trying to scale that, I think that helps to, uh, really build the reach you're looking for rather than just focusing on, building that reach, uh, if that makes sense. Dude, that makes a lot of sense. I completely in agreement with you on that too, because I think it's so hard to really, um, and I've talked about this before, um, is that I think it's really hard for us to quantify exactly who's watching, 
who's involved and, and whatnot. Like, so you hear all these stories of these churches saying, oh yeah, we're reaching thousands of people every single week on our live stream. And my question is then, but who are you really discipling? Like, okay, you're reaching these people, but how engaged are they fully? And that's why I really feel like a really big step in this next process for people is really like what you said, community, deepening the community, investing in life groups, investing in small groups, and that they can happen digitally, whether you're doing old school Google groups or where you're doing online Bible studies with YouVersion um, or just Facebook groups or any other kind of text message group or whatnot. I think it's really important to really focus on, okay, so you're reaching all these people now, how are you going to disciple them? And that's where I think you're, where you're talking about community and discipling those people in smaller groups is really important. Absolutely. And um, I, I don't want to come off as being, you know, anti one platform or, or, over another, but um, I, I think, you know, we, we put a lot of emphasis in past years on, um, you know, Facebook groups and, and your Facebook page and, you know, and, 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 and building that up. But I, I think that with this emphasis on um, smaller communities now, and, and uh, I guess in your church, seeking the smallest community that you can have of, of like-minded individuals in, that in, in your church and replicating that um, to, to scale like, a, a, as big as your church may be, like, um, whatever the smallest group it like if you're if you're in a church of you know 50 people and you have small groups of five or or, or, or small groups of 10 or if you're in a mega church of of 20,000 or something like that and you have small groups of I don't know what will be considered a small group in a in a in a mega church but seeking whatever that smallest number is whatever makes sense for your ministry and replicating that over and over again on a smaller scale, uh, going to be the way to go. And, and so that's going to really take the emphasis, I think, off of uh, a lot of Facebook groups and maybe put it more on um, Discord yeah. as we go along. Uh, I think that's a platform that I would recommend uh, people start to look into. It might be a little bit of a learning curve, uh, just depending on, uh, you know, how comfortable you are with social media. But I think that uh, uh, Discord is going to be a platform that's going to become bigger as we emphasize uh, community even more and more. Okay, let's go dig deeper into Discord in a second, but let me just hit on something that you said about Facebook. And again, I think one of the stats I saw is like less than 1% of the people um, on your page or whatnot will see your Facebook post. You know, I mean, so few people see your Facebook post. And if you're apt to trying to build community, you really have to diversify yourself. You can't hinge just on Facebook. You have to go on the other platforms. And that's why I love these apps like Discord. That is a, a really, I've, I've heard more and more about Discord and more and more groups starting about Discord. Talk to me a little bit about Discord and how you see that building good community groups. So, uh, you know, Discord is, it, it, it's a platform where you can kind of create your own, um, you, you can create your own group and then you can create uh, groups or topics within groups. And I think the, uh, the groups are called servers. And so when you create your own server, you can create and, and, and it, it kind of, they kind of do it in, in, in the form of hashtags, I guess, but you can, 
have like a general group within that server. You can have uh, an off-topic group. Um, you can have um, you know any kind of group that you want. You can have an announcement group within that group. And so it, it, it it's I think it kind of it kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it resembles a, a, a real community because in a real community you have um, different neighborhoods. You have different stores, you have different blocks, you have um, you know, different groups of people and, 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 and you have you know, different places within the community that, that you meet up and, and different activities um, that, that happen when you meet up. And, and, and these type of things happen uh, within uh, the, the, the overall um, Discord server or Discord community. You have so many things that can happen at one time and, and, and I really think that that's a great model, and, and, and you can even in, in, you can even uh, incorporate the the the, the voice, um, you know, the the, the social voice uh, component of that, like like we have now with Twitter Spaces and Clubhouse and and, and and things of that nature. And so that's in there as well. And 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 you can have um, I think you can do video in there as well, and and you can go live. And there's so many different things that you can do within um, Discord. And it gives you uh, the ability to, to, to be as small as possible, to be as granular as possible. Because within um, a, a church community that you can create in a Discord server, um, you may have you know, 20 different topics and maybe only a couple of them are relevant to you. But you, know, you, can, you may have 200 people within your church Discord server, but you may, you may only have 10 people in a particular um, group or topic within that server. And that's just another way of, of breaking it down even more because there, there's, some, uh, there's some instances where everyone within the uh, Discord server is going to uh, uh, you know, wanna participate in something. You may have a live event that's going on that's community-wide, or you may just have a conversation that's happening within a particular part of, of that overall server. And, and, I, and I just think that that's a great model that that churches can really uh leverage uh, moving forward yeah and i i think if someone's listening to this and they're like oh, i've heard about discord it's like a gaming thing and i think gamers brought it attention but i see people using discord and they're not gamers so it's not just a gaming kind of app but I, and again if you're follow, trying to follow along with what marcus is saying think of it on a higher level like your server is like your church and then you have subgroups, and it could be like a student ministry group, a children's ministry group, parents group, and there could be different things that you guys can all keep the conversation on those topics. And your student minister could use it, uh, and a lot of different people could use it. So I, I think Discord would be a fantastic thing for you to look into uh, in this new year. And, and if I could add something to that, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, but um, one, one of the one of the great features with that is that you can also uh, assign access with those particular groups within groups. You know, you, if, if you have a youth ministry group within your server, um, you, some people may not have access to that. Some people may not be able to see that. You know, if, if you are um, a single 50-year-old and, and you're not a youth ministry worker, you don't really have any, uh, you don't really have any business being in the youth ministry group that might necessarily not necessarily be appropriate. So there's different levels of access that you can have. And I think that that's um, something when, when we start talking about um, safety and things of that nature, that's something that's very important 
um, that, that, that provides an advantage for that platform. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you hit on that because you're, you're exactly right. You are only given access to what the main person or persons give you access to. So I think that's really important. Okay. So we talked about some community. We talked about, uh, we talked about Discord. What else would you suggest or things that churches should be on the lookout for uh, in this new year? Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, I've, I've, I've been thinking about this. Um, I've been thinking about this ever since you, you uh, contacted me about this conversation. So I, I don't know how this is going to go over, but okay. <laughs> um, I, and I, I know we have, I know we as, as the church, we, we have an aversion when it comes to um, how, we, uh, how we talk about money and how we deal with commercial things. And so I, I say this with hesitancy and, and caution, but um, I don't think that we as a church should be ignoring um, the, 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 the rise of NFTs and um, the rise of uh, tokenization. Right. Now, I, I don't necessarily, I cannot say for certain right now how a ministry would necessarily be able to, at this point in time, but, but, but I say this, and whoever's listening to this, I say this to maybe spark creativity in somebody who may be listening or who may be watching that um, maybe this is something that you can start thinking about. Maybe God will, will, will bubble up in your spirit um, how to implement this, but I don't think that that's something that we should be ignoring. And um, I, I don't think we should be ignoring it because there is a, um, there's a gamification, no, not gamification. Um, Cause I want to say this in a way that's going to be faithful to, 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 to the spirit of God and faithful to kingdom principles, but there there's an incentive there's there's incentive i think to participation and 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 and, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be monetary but there are ways that you that that we um you know outside of the church we recognize and uh, show appreciation for loyalty and i think that, that that that's something that we can implement i believe in the church as well maybe not even with NFT, I don't know if you're familiar with the platform uh, Rally.io, where you can, you know. Um, oh, yeah, 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 I am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where you can you can create your own token. And um, there are different things that you can do, you know, with how, however you have organized your community. There are different things that you can do in order to earn, um, you know, more tokens, whatever token you've created. Yeah. Um, I think that that's something that we could look into using as ministries, and it doesn't even necessarily have to revolve around money, but there could, there could be certain things that um, accumulating a certain number of tokens might give you. Like if you have a conference or you have something going on in your ministry that costs money to attend, um, uh, 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 in, in conferences is the one that comes to mind the, 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 um, the easiest, but you know, you, you, you may have a, a conference that you do once a year, or you may have conferences that you do, uh, you know, throughout the year, or, or, you know, you might get together with different churches and, and do different things like that. And some of those things might cost money. Well, may, maybe if you've earned enough tokens, 
uh, that, that in the currency that you created, that might defray the cost of you know attending that conference or something like that. Or and 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 I want to be you know sincere about you know the things that we do when we share. Uh, well, you know, if we share a broadcast or we or we share um, links that 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 are being shared from the ministry or something like that, there may be a certain uh, incentive to sharing that. You know, you can earn some 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 tokens that you may be able to use. You know, if your if your church has merch or, or or swag or however you however you term that, that may be something that um, you know having that currency will help you to be able to to, to earn. And and I and I just think that and. and like I said, I, I say this with hesitancy because I don't, I don't want to, um, I, 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 I don't want you know ministry to ever be, you know, we're we're just riding the wave of of different fads and things of that nature or whatever. But I just think that it's, it's a way to really um, incentivize and reward loyalty and incentivize and reward participation, you know, and 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 I. Like I said, I want I want to I want to be able to do it in a way that's really faithful to the scriptures and and, and faithful to the spirit of God. But I, I just think that that's something that uh, we could benefit from at least thinking about and at least brainstorming. Yeah, listen, Marcus, do not apologize. You're not apologizing, but don't be hesitant about this because the whole purpose of me having you on today is to talk about things for future stuff. And again, if you're on Twitter or if you're on anything, you've heard about NFTs because there's lots of people talking about NFTs. But if you don't know what it is, it stands for non-fungible token. And it kind of operates like Bitcoin, but it's a little bit different in the sense that you can create your own value for it. So your church can create a value for this NFT. If the in like Marcus said, you could you use it to sell some swag or do some stuff. There's lots of different things. But the one thing I'll say to this is this may seem foreign to you right now, but I will say years ago, I at least five or six years ago, I was at a conference. Uh, and it was about online ministry. And Jason Morris, he's a legend in the online ministry ministry stuff, um, is that he he was talking about virtual reality and virtual reality ministry. And he was just saying, this is something in the future. And I remember sitting and listening to him and saying, okay, dude, that's, that's just not going to happen. I mean, <laughs> that's not where we're at. But here we are. We're talking about the metaverse. We're talking about virtual reality. We're augmented reality. It's closer today than it was five years ago. NFTs may not be very um, mainstream right now, but it's something we need to pay attention to. And it could be very much mainstream in a year or two that will will cause churches to rethink some things. Absolutely. And, 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 and let, let me try to see if I can, I can add value with this point. Um, it's not necessarily just about NFTs, but... I, I want us as, as, as kingdom people, as Christians, as, as people who are involved in the church, I want us to change our paradigm and our approach to how we look at, just in general, as an overall principle, how we look at technology, how we look at um, new things, how we look at uh, advancement as a whole. Uh, one, one, and, and I'm sure you're, you're familiar with it, uh, social media examiner. Um, the, the, really one of the reasons that social media examiner became, uh, the platform, uh, that it's become is because
because their approach to everything that came out was, ah, you know what? How can we use this to do marketing more effectively? How are marketers using this? Because you know, when certain platforms came out, they weren't necessarily used for the for the purpose of, of marketing. Like I can I can remember when Pinterest came out, for instance. You know, marketers weren't using that. You know, right out the gate. You know, it, it, um, it, it was mostly women at the time were using it. Um, you know, as as pin boards, as vision boards, or or as uh, boards where they would pin things that they wanted to buy later. It, it became a mechanism for um, putting together different shopping lists and, and things of that nature. But it wasn't until um, you know, some marketers became very intentional about thinking, how can we use this for marketing? How can we use this to drive traffic to our platforms and, and, and do different things? And I just think as the church, uh, we're not always at the cutting edge or we're not always as quick uh, as we need to be. And, and, and again, we don't necessarily have to, uh, you know, ride every wave of every fad just because it's out there, but just to have the, just to be thinking and, and, and have the paradigm of, I always wanna see when something comes out, I just always wanna be thinking about how can we use this to glorify God? How can we use this to further the gospel of Jesus Christ? And, yeah. and, and, and maybe it's not, maybe it takes several years to be able to really think about and, and really begin to implement something, but at least we're thinking about it at least we're, we had the mindset of we're, we're not going to let anything pass by our eyes or we're not going to let anything uh, pass us by that we're at least not thinking about from a ministry standpoint. And, 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 and I hope that as a principle, that that's something that uh, as a whole, that we can start to, uh, to, to, to really grab onto. No, I, I think that's a great point right there. And I, I think that's really important for us to, to be thinking about uh, for sure. Okay, so at, we're, we're wrapping up here. I want to throw out one thing, uh, and you may have been thinking about this too, but one last point of discussion as we look for things that, for churches in the future. What, what's your thought on the metaverse and virtual reality, augmented reality? What, what do you think about that in regards to the church? Um, I, I wish... I um, would have gotten more involved than I am um, in, in it right now. Um, I haven't really dug too much into uh, the metaverse at this point in time. Yeah. Um, I, the, the, the closest connection I have to the, to the, to the metaverse is, um, is my 10-year-old who um, spends hours a day uh, on Roblox. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. and, you know, she, she, she loves Roblox. She talks about the things that she does in there and just the concept of, um, you know, one thing that she wants for Christmas is, you know, she wants lots of money in Robux and, and, and there's different things that she wants to do. And uh, that, that kind of concept of, you know, money that is to, to, to me, when I thought about it the first time, I'm like, this is not real. Why, why am I giving you money to do something that's not real? But then I started to think about that thing a little more and um, it, I had to readjust what my concept of real is. The real is, I don't think it's just something that you can touch. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Re, re, real, 
and, and, and I say that because there's so many things that my daughter is learning on Robux, uh, on Roblox. Yep. There, 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 there's a lot of concepts that she's learning and there's, there's a lot of creativity that she's getting to express because she's on Roblox uh, a lot. And, and I know that that's, um, that that's even on a greater scale when it comes to the metaverse because it's even more immersive as far as you know, what you're able to do on there. And, 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 just, and, and just one example, um, you, you know, my, my daughter might have to get a job to be able to uh, earn some more robot. So instead of me just giving her, you know, so many, she's yeah. able to earn some on her own. And so she is learning, you know, at the age of 10, because she, she doesn't have a quote unquote real job yet, but she's starting to understand the concept of, hey, you know what, you, you don't get anything, you know, just because. Yeah. The, 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 the concept of earning something is something that is, um, is a big deal and it's something that's going to help you uh, for the rest of your life. And so, um, and, and, and I don't even know if I'm, I'm really answering your question, but, but just that, I, I think as a, as a church, we have to, um, we, we have to adjust our concept or we really have to rethink our concept of what real is and, 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 assess the value that we can take uh, again assessing the value that we can take out of anything and, and and if we approach the metaverse um from from the standpoint of hey what what can i what can i learn from this and then when i've learned something how can i use it i i think that um that can really only uh help us you know how can we build community how can i bring people into uh the kingdom how can i uh, take Jesus to other people through the metaverse. And so, um, you know, I, I know I'm not really coming from an expert standpoint when it comes to the metaverse, but I, I, I do think that, over, again, as a concept, um, just beginning to look at it and to be open to, you know, how people are using it and how we can use it. Yeah. No, listen, I think that's the right mindset to have in my in my personal opinion. And that's the thing. I think when people hear things like, NFTs, um, uh, uh, virtual reality and uh, virtual reality church in the metaverse, there might be a hesitation saying like what you just said, that's not real. But the reality is that there are people on it. And I love how you just identified that your, your 10 year old is on it. I have a 15 year old who has those Facebook Oculus, you know, VR headset thing. And she likes to play in there and be in there and do things in there. Um, and again, that's where our younger generations are hanging out. They're not hanging out at the malls like maybe you and I hung out with, you know, yeah. or at the pool all day like you and I hung out with when we were younger. They're hanging out on these virtual reality places. They're hanging out in online communities. And if we, if we as a church refuse to go into that community, we're missing a great opportunity to minister to people who will never step foot into our physical church buildings. And that's what I love about online ministry. It provides us opportunities to connect with people who won't set foot in our churches. So, absolutely. And and there and 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 this blew my mind. And I just and as you were talking about, it, I just remembered uh, there there have been artists who have done concerts in the metaverse, or the, the people who have done concerts within um, the, the 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 Roblox. Um, um, platform or, or within that whole ecosystem and 
uh, if, if, if artists are doing, you know, live concerts in there, then, then that means we can, we can do what it is that we do yep. uh, in there as well. And, and we have the opportunity uh, to, to reach people, especially young people. So uh, again, it's an opportunity that we don't want uh, to pass us by uh, as we go on. Dude, Marcus, this has been a great conversation. I know we could talk about more and more stuff because you and I are, this is how we think and this is how we wire. We'll have to have more conversations uh, on online stuff down the road because you've just given me like three or four other topics that I want to talk to you about specifically. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is great. Well, if someone wants to connect with you, what's the best social platform? I mean, we already kind of hit on it, but how, <laughs> how can they connect with you on social media? Uh, I am everywhere. Um, everywhere that you can have a presence, uh, I'm at least there in some way, shape, or fashion um, at Marcus A. Kyler. And Kyler is C-Y-L-A-R. So just Marcus A. Kyler everywhere. Everywhere where, where, where you can possibly be, uh, I'm there. I'm, I might not, uh, or you may find my page. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm on TikTok because, um, you know, I, I have not created any content uh, on TikTok. I love the platform. I just, uh, I'm at a place in my life right now where I don't really um, have a whole lot of content to share at this point in time. And so, um, but uh, my daughter created, took, a, took my phone and created a couple of videos on my page. And so that's <laughs> there, but everywhere that, um, that, that you can be, uh, I am at Marcus A. Kyler. Uh, you can find me uh, for the most part on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Those are the two places that I hang out most. Um, you can, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, if, uh, if, if you're looking for, you know, anybody to, to help you with your uh, online efforts in, in a, in a, in a business, um, uh, my, my words leave me, uh, so, uh, so often in, in a business context or, or in a, in, in a ministry context, uh, in, in a staff ministry context, I'm open to that as well. Um, so, you just just hit me up on any of those platforms um my, my website is marcus and so um you, you can find me there uh, as well that's great i'm going to include all those links in the show notes so if you missed any of that stuff don't worry about it just go to the show notes click on the links and then connect with marcus he's great uh, and he, he's fun to follow on social media so uh definitely i appreciate it thank you all right marcus thanks so much for being with me today thank you thank you so much Okay, so what did you think? Okay, we started you off really quick with the, the groups and community and building on, and then we started getting into different things like Discord, and we started talking about NFTs, and we started talking about the metaverse and VR. Those are things that are really like out there, people are talking about, people are engaged in, but do they apply into our ministry context? I would love to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think? How do they apply? Are you dabbling with it a little bit? Hit me up on Twitter. I would love to talk to you a little bit more about this and actually hit Marcus up on Twitter. I've got all his contact information on there as well, but I would love to carry on this conversation with you a little bit more. So hit us up online and we can continue the conversation. All right, heroes. Well, that wraps it up for another episode of the Church Digital Psychic Podcast. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to it. It's on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. But I do want to also highlight 
thechurch.digital. In fact, go to the equip page on thechurch.digital because we've got some great stuff coming up. We've got some great coaching. We've got some cohorts we're working on. We've got lots of tools and training that is happening at the Church Digital. In addition, we've got new voices coming out. We've got great new podcasts coming out in the month of January. And we would love for you to check that out. Again, you've got my podcast that we're talking about with the Church Digital Psychic Podcast. We've got Jeff's podcast. But we've got more voices coming out, and they're being launched right now. So definitely go and check out everything at thechurch.digital. There's so many great resources for you to be successful in this year uh, for your online ministry. We would love for you to check all that kind of stuff out. All right, heroes, well, thanks so much for joining me today. Check out thechurch.digital, and I'll see you next time with a whole new podcast. Have a great week.